Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing, and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. 56% of job seekers say the biggest challenge is finding a job that matches their qualifications. This according to an Express Employment Professionals Harris Poll survey. The job search can be lonely, but Express Employment Professionals can be your one connection to finding that job that fits you. Each year, hundreds of thousands of people find work through their local Express office. Find the location nearest to you at ExpressPros.com. No fees for somebody seeking a job. Visit ExpressPros.com. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my sports in one app, like the National Women's Soccer League, included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report Sports add-on or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. He was a champion at uh, UCLA and, of course, five-time All-Star. He's also a great actor, which we'll get into that coming up in a moment. He's Marcus Johnson, the Bucks TV analyst for Fox Sports Milwaukee. Marcus, thanks for joining us. Um, what did you think last night when you saw the Greek freak go up to contest Clint Capella? Well, good morning, Dan, first of all. Um, you know, it, 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 it reminded me of, a, of an injury that I had when I played with the Bucks. I got kicked trying to contest a jump shot by a player by the name of Paul Thompson of the Cleveland Cavaliers in the early 80s. And my knee hyperextended back like that, got locked. It was the most painful injury that I've ever had as a basketball player. But I went to the locker room. Jeff Snedeker, our great trainer in Milwaukee at the time, worked on it a bit. And I actually returned in the second half. And Don Nelson told me he thought I was going to be out for the year based on the on the reaction that I had. And so to see Giannis kind of loosen it up a little bit, walk on his own was, was promising. But... Um, you know, everybody uh, started texting me right away, and it's kind of like, why does this always kind of happen to us? Why can't we never have good things in Milwaukee happen to us? But, you know, we got to wait and see what happens. I'm, I'm hopeful that, um, you know, if, if we can extend this thing to a seventh game, maybe he can get back. If not, you know, we'll see. We'll see what the MRI says today. I don't want to get ahead of myself. But I'm not ruling him out right now until I hear definitively that – He's got uh, some kind of a tear or something that's going to prevent him from playing. And it might come down to the supporting cast for the Bucs against the supporting cast for the Atlanta Hawks. And if that's the case, who has the advantage? Man, that's a tough one uh, because of this, Dan. And, and, and let me preface this by saying that I'm just really impressed with the job that these African-American coaches are doing in the playoffs between Ty Lue and Monty Williams. And, and then my guy, Nate McMillan, I was with him in Seattle uh, you may recall with George Carl and the Sonics in, in the mid mid nineties, I used to always compare him to Sidney Poitier and call him Mr. Tibbs because he's got that quiet kind of elegance <laughs> and dignity. But but they call me Mr. Mr. Tibbs. Tibbs. But but yeah yeah yeah. But 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 Nate, you know this whole thing but connected like a fist and you know the, the calming influence I think is a big key for them. But but more tangibly. Uh, Bogdanovich, the knee, speaking of knees, the knee is looking better. He looked really good, really mobile, especially uh, his activity on defense. Herder, uh, uh, Kayvon, or whatever they're calling him, has been a real a real revelation. I've always liked it, but now he's kind of taking, taking that step to the next level. Uh, and you go along with the other guys who are playing exceptional basketball for them. And then Cam Reddish. It's funny, Cam Reddish, I was talking to my son, Chris, and he's like Cam Reddish is the guy like like uh, the he's the guy that all the young players kind of look up to. And Anthony Edwards says that Cam Reddish is that dude. You know, I didn't know that. I know Cam Reddish had that kind of reputation, hmm. kind of coming up in the AAU ranks. 
he looked good last night. So we've got enough. Chris Middleton, and, and here's the other point. Now, I don't want to get too long-winded, but you got a lot of guys, Kendrick Perkins, Stephen Jackson, talking about Chris Middleton as the Batman and Giannis as the Robin. Now, Chris is our closer because he can shoot and shoot with the best of them down the stretch. Now we'll get a chance to see uh, just uh, how truthful uh, of, of an observation like that is. And that's not to put the, the pressure on Chris because he, he did a great job when Chris when uh, Giannis went down against Miami last year. Uh, he's done a great job this year when he's had to carry the load. We saw what he could do uh, uh, the game before last with the 20-point fourth quarter. But, but Chris is the kind of guy that can, under certain circumstances, carry you. But Giannis takes so much pressure off of him because of the gravity he creates. And so it's a symbiotic type of relationship between the two. So we'll see. We'll see how it pans out. we got enough to do it. Uh, the question is mentally, uh, will we be able to to to, to kind of uh, quell this hawk juggernaut, this momentum they built this last ball game? So we'll see. It'll, it'll it'll be it'll be fascinating to see how it plays out. Either way, you start to look at players in today's generation, and I know you and I would go. Oh, I remember back in the '70s or '80s, and guys would play, and they would have you know injuries. Like there's load management here, but these guys are in the best shape. They got nutrition, they got trainers, they got private travel. Uh, so I'm trying to figure out, is it just a coincidence that we have these injuries here? If, if I have load management, then should we be having as many injuries as we have? And, and there's some, some you can't prevent. But I didn't think that Anthony Davis was in shape. I didn't think that James Harden was in shape this year. And you got load management. So what is the difference in generations you know, with these guys and how they prepare and how you did, you know, back in the 70s or 80s? Well, it's interesting because we worked harder. Like myself, for example, guys used to hate to work out with me because I, I worked really hard, especially, I mean, elite frogs with 25-pound weights behind my back. So now I'm paying the price. So now I've got, I've got all kinds of disc issues and hip issues and everything. You know, I was talking to Giannis probably two years ago, and I asked him about his off-season workouts. I mean, how much he ran, and did he run beaches and hills? And he's like, no, no, I just do a lot of defensive slides, and I play a lot of basketball. And so it's a, he lifts a lot of weights and does a lot of cardio stuff in terms of the machines and equipment, and that's that type of stuff too. But it's a different approach. But also, Dan, I mean, this was the quickest turnaround. You know all this stuff. Quick, quickest turnaround in, in professional sports history from when the, the bubble season ended to when this season started. Uh, the, the, the condensed scheduling of the 72 games was as condensed as it's ever been. You're playing every other day. I mean, the, you know, these guys just, their bodies aren't used to that uh, kind of taxation on their skeletal system, if you will. And so I think a lot of that had to do with that. And, and so it's, but my point is that it's a give and take. So yeah, I worked out hard, did a lot of unconventional crazy stuff, leaper machines and all this other crazy stuff we had back in the day, but I'm paying the price for it now. These guys will probably not have as, as many post-career issues, but this game of basketball, you're out there 40 minutes a game, playoff intensity, doing the things that you're doing. I've always believed, case in point, with Giannis and Chris Middleton, when Coach Bud first got to Milwaukee, they were playing just over 30 minutes a game. Yeah. And my point was that when the playoffs get here, man, you go, you're going to be playing 40 minutes a game. And so our people were like, well, we've got other ways to compensate for that without putting a lot of pressure in the skeletal system. And my thing has always been, man, you got to get out there and play. You can't, you can't manufacture anything that replicates playing on that hardwood, jumping, landing, coming up and down. It's not the jumping that gets you, somebody told me. It's like the landing, the constant landing and the pounding. And so um, it's just a different approach nowadays, and I think you're seeing some of the fallout from the quick turnaround that was necessitated, obviously, by the by the league needing to play a, a certain number of games to, to get paid. So everybody wants to get paid, so it was necessary. He's Marcus Johnson, the Bucks TV analyst for Fox Sports Milwaukee, five-time NBA All-Star. Yeah, you start to wonder, you know, look at LeBron. He's got three extra seasons of playoff yeah. basketball in that body, which to do what he does and still be able to do that, I mean, that's that's freakish. That's That's crazy. I mean, it's not like... Kareem or Wilt or some of these other players, like LeBron is bringing the ball up the floor. Like he's, you know, it, it's a little bit different what we ask of LeBron than we do probably any other player in NBA history to be able to do it this long, this well, 
and uh, he continues to do it. What do you think of LeBron? <laughs> I love LeBron. I'm uh, my family between myself, my sons, Chris, Josiah, who's uh, the king of the NBA Twitter right now. But uh, no, we we're we're big uh, LeBron fans, and it's mainly because of uh, a few things. I mean, just in terms of no scandal, no, you know, I mean, some, some, some comments on some, some, some issues or whatever that you could call into question. But in terms of how he has conducted himself, how he's given back to his community, the school that he built in Akron, all that, I mean, that's great stuff. But more tangibly, what is he, 15, 16 years in, and he's still playing at an MVP level. Still, and, 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 and so I talked to Coach Wooden, uh, interviewed Coach Wooden, myself, Chris, and Josiah uh, for, for a piece I was doing um about coach wooden and, and we asked him about lebron and kobe and this is going to get a lot of people upset a lot of kobe fans in los angeles in particular but he he felt like lebron was more of his kind of a player because he was a pass first team guy and uh, was not looking to bring a lot of attention to himself now that's not absolutely true but 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 i've always been a big lebron fan and the fact that he's 15 16 years in 36 years old whatever it is uh, the way he takes care of himself uh just just the uh persona that he exudes whether you like him or not in terms of the some of the stances that he takes he's taking stances he's taking stances and he's out there producing and even more tangibly as a basketball player he controls the game as well as anybody I've seen since Magic Johnson with the ball in his hands. And so to me, that's, uh, uh, that's, saying, that's saying something. Magic's one of my all-time favorite uh, guys I played against and guys that I like to watch play. I mentioned that uh, you got quite a resume of uh, acting credits here. Uh, you have you have a scene in one of my it's it's I, I don't like the movie per se because I didn't think they were believable as basketball players. But I loved your scene in White Men Can't Jump. Like, I think I could take Wesley Snipe right now in hoops one on one. Woody looks like he had a little bit of game there, Marcus. But tell me how you got the role in White Men Can't Jump. Well, we did a we did a uh, film for a um, student film project for the American Film Institute up in the hills of Pasadena late at night. Myself and Nigel Miguel and Silk Kozer and all these actors. It was based on the life of Raymond Lewis, this great uh, L.A. Um, legend, myth, you know, just myth in terms of a basketball player. And, and so um, Silk Kozart was good friends with Ron Shelton, who wrote, the, who wrote the movie, and they were casting for the part. And so Silk got me the audition. Now, I, they sent me the, the sides, the, the, the dialogue I had to use to read with, with Wesley Snipes. And I saw that there was a scene where my character pulled out a knife on Wesley Snipes. And so I'd seen a scene from a movie where this uh, protagonist uses a, a razor blade, a uh, straight razor. And so my dad was a barber. I went and got one of his razors and practiced kind of opening it up and with one hand. And so when it got to that part of the scene with Wesley, I did the whole thing and chased him around the, the audition room. And, and so Ron Shelton's like, yeah, hey, man, that's great, great, that's great. You got the part, but, but, but leave, that, leave that friggin' blade at home next time. We got prop blades for that stuff. You're gonna, you're gonna kill somebody with that thing. And so, so, so I got the part like that. But, uh, but the other thing, Dan, that's interesting is that that, that character, is based on a real life guy by the name of Reggie Harding. I wrote a screenplay, just finished it a couple of months ago, but just the, the research was fascinating. He was one of the first high school to pro guys. Out of Detroit. Out of Detroit, yeah. out of Detroit early 60s. But, but I talked to Dave Bing and Ray Scott, the coach of the year with the Pistons, was a teammate of his. But, but Reggie was challenging Wilt Chamberlain. You're not the big man. I'm the big man. I'm going to kick you behind. I'm a, this is during the course of a game. And so, uh, so, so but, but, but it's just fascinating that, that that led me to doing some research on who this character really was. He, was. he was a heroin addicted. He got shot and killed on the streets of Detroit at 30 years old. Uh, he just crossed paths with Satchel Paige. Uh, Goose Tatum, so many, so many characters and so many great uh, uh, historical figures in, in, in sports. So, uh, and he comes into a convenience store. He's seven feet tall. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. And, and, you know, they go, uh, Reggie. And then he makes it seem like, <laughs> no, that's not me. And that's, that's what your scene is. That's I see. And that's the first thing. One of the first, first stories you would hear as an NBA player was that story. But Reggie Harding and True Life had robbed that same store like five or six times. You know, he was robbing drug houses 
over and over again to get money, you know, and he go in with this mask on at seven feet tall. I'm like, come on, Reggie. He's like, this ain't me. This ain't me. So that's, that's the name of the screenplay. This ain't me. Uh, but, but uh, yeah, it, a tragic, tragic ending, but I had a lot of fun doing the movie and uh, worked with a lot of great people. And you're right, Woody. So Woody and I, quick story. First time we played together, uh, pick up basketball that just wanted us all to play at the, at the Hollywood, uh, Hollywood rec center. And so Woody called this bogus foul, Dan. So I'm like, come on, Woody, that was a bullcrap foul. So Woody's like, what do you mean? What do you mean? Why would you impugn my integrity? Why would you impugn my integrity? I'm like, Woody, first of all, first of all, I went to Crenshaw. I have no idea what it means. Number two, it was still a bullcrap foul. Just laughed and we, we kind of bonded after that. But we had a ball, man. We had a ball doing that. I, I talked to Rosie Perez recently, and she said – she went out to lunch with Wesley Snipes and Woody Harrelson, and she said they got stoned. And, and she said then they came back, and, I, you know, Ron Shelton wanted to make, you know, you guys were getting ready to shoot. She said they were stoned. And I don't know how they were able to act, but they were stoned. And I said, were you? And she goes, no, I, I couldn't. I, I, I couldn't. I would have been so paranoid. But she said those guys were stoned through most of the movie. Well, Woody had had the um, the rap party, the big cast rap party at his his uh, crib out in Malibu, where he had the big teepee in the backyard, a real regulation size official Indian teepee. Of course. Native American teepee, excuse me, my wife is Native American. I gotta be, be careful about that. But, but, but he had the Native American teepee, and in the teepee, man, you go in there, you're not coming out the same person. Let me just put it that way. <laughs> You're coming out a whole different dude when you after you leave out of that TV. So yeah, but we had a great time. Woody had some good stuff. <laughs> the best. Uh, hey, great to talk to you as always. Hope you're well and the family. And uh, thanks for thanks for your getting up early with us. Always a pleasure, man. Thank you. That's Marcus Johnson. White men can't jump. He was in Blue Chips, but he was in a lot of TV shows. Uh, L.A. Law, Boston Legal, uh, Hanging with Mr. Cooper. He was also a wonderful player at UCLA. Smooth, smooth player. Number 54. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Or stream us live on the Peacock app. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You can trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces like there was the hat, there was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the. I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what too is funny about a battleship? It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. Wow, you know I, I didn't mean? even thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you could also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachenko Machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing, and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Did you ever play the over-under game with your friends? You know, think I can eat that slice of pizza in under 30 seconds? Or, I don't know, take over a minute to down a two-liter? Well, 
If you have, then you're going to love Pick 6. It's the new fantasy game from DraftKings, an official partner of the NBA. Here's how you play it during the playoffs. Pick between two and six players and choose if they will have more or less of a stat. Rebounds, points, assists, and more. Also, you track your picks, play against others for a shot to win at some big cash prizes. Download the new DraftKings Pick 6 app now. Use the promo code DPSHOW for a chance to win huge cash prizes. That's code DPSHOW. Only on DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18-PLUS in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick 6 not available in all states, including but not limited to Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co slash pick6states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com slash promos. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports. Like, a lot. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my live sports and docs in one app, like Giannis, The Marvelous Journey, and the National Women's Soccer League, both included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report sports add-on, or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. All in one app with one password. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. Roger Bennett, broadcaster, podcaster, filmmaker, men in blazer, co-host, proud American. And uh, his uh, memoir, Reborn in the USA, an Englishman's love letter to his chosen home. Now available online and uh, wherever books are sold. Although, Raj... How English were you yesterday during the Euros? I'm Patrick. I won't make it clear. I ride with Team America now. You know, the, uh, it took me writing a book about how much I love America for England to actually throw off the shackles of self-loathing, self-sabotage, and just 55 years of <laughs> crapping their pants in massive games against Germany. I feel a little bit like Jonah and the Whale. However, I am genuinely happy for that nation. They have suffered in lockdown. And to watch large men take off their shirts, just let it all hang out and soak themselves in beer. My God, they deserve it. But if I had a camera on you yesterday watching England beat Germany, what would I have seen? A large man with his shirt off. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I do. When I won't be clear. When the United States play England, as they do in the Women's World Cup, where our women destroy the English and Alex Morgan knocks her head back and mimes drinking tea, I am like, yes, in the face. Take that, Piers Morgan, you bastard. Um, so I, that, that is where my allegiances are. But, you know, my family are all there. I know the joy that it's bringing them. I do know when you had an empire and you no longer have an empire, that leaves an incredible vacuum. In that vacuum, there's been dreams, shattered dreams, hopelessness, self-loathing. It's a little bit like the Red Sox 2004, dreaming over and over again, Sisyphus pushing the boulder up the hill, only to have the Yankees knock it back down. What we saw yesterday was the English breaking through like the Red Sox, but probably unlike the Red Sox, the English will now crap the bed against Ukraine in the next <laughs> round and find a completely different way to torture the nation. But it is, it's a lovely moment. And if you are pro-happiness, which I like to think I am, if you're pro-joy, and if you are of a belief, you know, a lot of people think sports about winning and their team, if they win, are better people. And if their team lose and the, the losers are worse people, I don't believe that. I do believe sports is human theater. And I believe that it allows us to make incredible memories that sustain us in time of light and in time of darkness. And so I'm so happy for all of these English fans that they will, they will, they will remember this day, this yesterday's joys. The Germans, such a demon in their minds. They slayed the dragon. They caught the white whale. And I'm so, I genuinely, to be candid, Dan, I'm so happy for them. When we acquired you, what did we give up? And like, was this uh, just we just acquired you your rights from uh, from Liverpool? 
I was a player to be named later in the uh, in the revolutionary um, <laughs> treaty. I, think. I, I was just some some scrub who could give a couple of innings um, in, in 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 pretty uh, light relief. Um, what did you gain uh, by by adding me? I mean, I think that, and this is why I wrote the book. And we tried to give you Madonna. We tried yeah. to give you Courtney Love, Gwyneth Paltrow. We've tried to give you some people. You've got to keep your voice down because Madonna listens to the show. She actually does think she's English at this point <laughs> in her life and her biography. And it's funny. Her accent changed immediately. My accent, I love America. I know I don't sound very American, but I love America like, you know, Kenny Powers loves America. And the accent is the one thing that's not true. I can't, I can't even do I know on this show, you like make Christian Pulisic speak English. You make Rebecca Lowe speak American. I can't do any of that. Like there's, I can say like, hooray for Hollywood. And I can't say anything. It's okay, never, but how is it that Madonna goes to England and then she acquires an accent in two hours? Well, I can tell you how that works because English managers, English football managers, famously Steve McLaren, who is a character, like a meme, a human meme on the manager, an English guy went to manage in Holland, the Netherlands for a club team. And like within two press conferences was like, um, yes, uh, it's a good game we play today. Uh, and there's another guy, Joey Barton, he's from near me, Liverpool. He went to play in France and he's uh, like, again, second press conference. He's like, yeah, I think he was, you know, uh, the win is important. And what I've learned, it is hilarious. It is hilarious to watch because it's like, oh my God. I mean, Weston McKinney is an amazing young guy. Uh, plays for Juventus, a powerhouse in Italy, out of Dallas, Texas. And like his third game, I think, um, he like missed a, a chance and he runs off the goal and he's like, to the camera, he's like, hey, I think that the, the speech thing, because I have actually, I've wondered, why do I not have an American accent? I think it's because if you have a musical ear, then, and I assume Madonna probably, arguably, may or may not have a musical ear, but I'm assuming she does. Uh, you immediately change and adapt to the voice around you. I have no musical ear. I've been trying to learn the banjo for about uh, for about the last 110 years, going nowhere with that. And it's because I don't have a musical ear, and that's why I still sound like this. But you asked me, like, to become American. That's why I wrote the book. Is uh, to have to have to have stood in in a, a a courtroom in Manhattan with 161 fellow new Americans being sworn in with the oath of allegiance. And, you know, America in times of wonder, America in times of challenge. I will say I look left and right to be in that courtroom and to look at my fellow new Americans. You know, I'd escaped, you know, a couple of football matches where the violence went dodgy, some chip shop beatings late at night when the pub shut in England. These people had escaped civil war, unrest, famine. I mean, just the stories were incredibly humanly touching. And the one thing that joined all of us in that room was the power of the idea of America. So I think when you have human beings like me, you are adding individuals who've dreamed about America, who've drawn strength from America in dark times, the idea of America, courage, tenacity, possibility. And ultimately, that's what you uh, add by adding me, another bald man who thinks he can broadcast but loves America in the face. The memoir is reborn in the USA, an Englishman's love letter to his chosen home. We're talking to Roger Bennett, the broadcaster, podcaster, filmmaker, Men in Blazers co-host. Your first introduction to American sports was what or who? <sighs> Chicago Bears, 1983 just starting to throw off the shackles. The NFL was broadcast for the first time on a niche channel in England for an hour every week, 14 games in those uh, every weekend in those days. And they crushed all 14 games down to a highlight reel of one hour. I've, I've said a couple of times, it's, uh, it was all put to Bonnie Tyler's holding out for a hero. It was like Tony Dorsett sweeping left. And it'd be dum, 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 dum. Very dramatic. Remember, English football in those days was played by angry men who wanted to kick anything on the muddy pitches, be it the ball or their opponent, and then go off to the pub and have a cigarette, a pie and a pint. So like to see Billy White Shoes Johnson return a kickoff for 83 yards, but he only did it so that when he got there, he could just unleash the funky chicken, like 13 year old me was like, holy crap, joy, wisdom, wonder, um, you know, to see New Orleans Saints fans you know, under Bum Phillips. I, first of all, I was like, my God, there's a man called Bum. And then they were hopeless. They, they were like, oh, and 14. And again, in England, if your team was losing that much, 
you would go to the games just to fight your opponent's fans and taste your own blood in your mouth. But the New Orleans Saints fans, they were like, we love this. We're the New Orleans Saints. And they pulled on paper bags over their heads and just had a great time. And I was like, my Lord, trying to find joy even in defeat. That is, that is a, that's a wonderful way to live a life. But the Chicago Bears, I always, my family left Europe in the early 1900s thinking they were headed to Chicago. So my family always in dark times, and there were many of them in Liverpool in the 1980s, we'd always be like, we should have lived there. We should have lived there. So to watch this Bears team, Walter Payton, Jim McMahon, William Refrigerator Perry, throw off the shackles of defeat, self-loathing, and just a pathetic franchise and say, no, we swagger, we Super Bowl shuffle, we dominate, and we trash talk on our way to victory. 13-year-old me was like, you don't have to be who you are. You are not trapped by history. You can redefine yourself. And it was thrilling on a sporting level, and it taught me life lessons on a personal level, Dan. But do you have friends growing up who look at you and say, like, what are you doing? Like, you, you, you're a traitor. You left us behind. Like, did you get, like, feedback, blowback by becoming an American citizen? Um. I shared this dream with another friend of mine in Liverpool. We would, because the games were on, the NFL games, and we knew they were being played a week on television. They were a week old and there was no internet. So me and my friend, Jamie, we would from his house, not mine, because my dad would have killed me. We used to phone up random 312 Chicago um, numbers during the Bears games and people were like, hello? And we'd be like, hey, how are the Bears doing? And they'd be like, oh, Matt Suey's just run for four <laughs> yards. And we'd be like, yeah, now what's happening? And they'd be like, Jim McMahon's dropped back. Oh, he's just uh, overthrown that one to Willie Gold. And we'd be like, and we'd get them to give us personal commentary and run up just enormous <laughs> phone bills. So I shared this dream with my best friend. And it's what the book's about, about loving, you know, everything, heart to heart, Fantasy Island, John Hughes movies, Run DMC, the Beastie Boys. And Miami Vice came on our screens, Dan, and watching Don Johnson, um, you know, just in his pastels, in his T-shirt, in his rolled up sleeves and his never any socks and his hair that became blonder with every consecutive season of the show, gunning down narco threats in espadrilles. I realized that to be... Willing in life to succeed, you have to have A, a singular style, B, stick with it, and then C, not care about what anybody else says about you. And so that's what I took from Miami Vice. That was my attitude. I didn't, I, I learned not to care. I also started to wear spadrilles with no socks, which was completely <laughs> impractical for Liverpool. But um, I've learned not to care about what other people think, though. It's like you were an American trapped in an Englishman's body. That is the opening paragraph of my book. I persuaded myself because my family wanted to move there and ended up by mistake in Liverpool because my great-grandfather, he's down here. There he is. God love him. Harris Pollock. That's him in the Russian army where he had to serve for 25 years. And then he fled Ukraine and he was headed to Chicago. He was a butcher. He wanted to become a butcher in the hog capital of the world. And the, 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 the myth of the Liverpool Jewish community is that it's full of the idiots who, when the boat docked to refuel in Liverpool, saw the one tall building on the Liverpool skyline. I'm like, we're in New York. Let's go. <laughs> and so we got off and we were in Liverpool. And Liverpool is the greatest city in the world. I want to be clear. But in the 80s, as the North economically, politically, culturally just descend. You've seen Billy Elliot, you've seen the mining devastation, the cotton, the steel, just the post-industrial Britain. There was a wasteland. And so I did. I survived uh, this very dark black and white life by inhaling American sports, American culture. And yes, Dan, I tell myself at night, I had the Statue of Liberty painted on my bedroom wall I would arrange my curtains so that the light fell on her face. And I'd persuade myself that I, I was an American trapped in an Englishman's body, even though I'd never set foot in America. That's, that's the story you tell yourself to be able to get through. Will the U.S. men win a World Cup in our lifetime? Yes. Yes, if they... Um... If science allows us to live forever, then the answer is definitely <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I can tell you, I can tell you, Ted Williams will definitely be alive uh, and walking the earth by the time of the American men. Look, if the American men were, uh, can become half as good as our women, they can be bloody, bloody good. And the reality is I moved to America and right before the last World Cup. And on Men in Blazers, we always joke, Saka! 
America's sport of the future as it has been since 1972. It's always meant to be the next big thing. That It, it was never an overnight success. It's been slow and steady. The, the, there's a huge audience consuming consuming the Euros right now. And our men have gotten to it. There's a young wave of incredible talent. Christian Pulisic, I mentioned Weston McKinney. I mean, I mentioned Tyler Adams. Uh, there's a slew of these, Gio Reyna, a slew of these young stars. And for the first time, in your lifetime, young stars are willing to go abroad to play against the best for the best. They're not sticking around in America anymore. There's a young wave of talent who will make us very proud sooner than we think. Is there somebody else in England we should acquire? Well, we tried that with Piers Morgan. Yeah, we didn't 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 want him. No, (laughs) we, we returned him. We didn't want him. We got him. It didn't work very well. I, I think we, I think we've got, We've got, we've got, I like our, I like our cast of characters and it is, it is amazing in the past, you know, America, America did well by having air bases in strategic footballing countries, Germany, and we'd, we had a lot of dual nationals, but the. Is Beckham ours? Not really. I don't think, I think he's got the English flag tattooed about 87 times on his person. (laughs) That's just the ones we know about, the ones he keeps secret. We have no idea. What about Ed Sheeran? Is, Is Ed Sheeran ours now? Why would you want Ed Sheeran when you've got Kevin Herter, who is the Ed, Ed, Sheeran, Ed Sheeran is just the poor man's red velvet. Let's be candid. Let, let's be candid. Do you think Kevin Herter is just a taller Ed Sheeran? With talent, yeah. And, and a better jumper. I actually, I actually watched in the Royal Box yesterday, um, watching England, and they showed the Beckham shot with Sheeran. And my first impulse was, oh, my God, Kevin Hurst, sit by, <laughs> sit by Beckham. God love him. Ginger, power, you go for it, Kev. Nobody um, wants to sit next to Beckham as good-looking as he is. Um, he gets better and better and better looking. That is the, the remarkable thing. He is. He is. I mean, it's like Ronaldo. Um, who Cristiano Ronaldo is like 35, 36. And everyone's like, oh, this could be his last big tournament. Do you think Ronaldo's had a little help? Like Ted Williams helped. A little work work done. Um, I think I've got to be candid. Ronaldo seems to be learning lessons about life. His eyebrows, he used to overpluck in a devastating fashion. And he, he everyone thinks he's just about himself. That guy's clearly listened to feedback because he's filling them out. He's letting them grow. <laughs> I, I, I think he is gorgeous. I am team messy, just to be totally candid. But you have to admire this human being that is driven by a constant drive for self-improvement and human wonder. I once stayed in his hotel room at the Euros after Portugal had been defeated. Um, And then I moved into the hotel when Portugal left. I was in Donetsk in Ukraine, which I would really recommend for Americans who are looking to, um, to travel to a off the, uh, off the road tourist spectacle. And I moved into his hotel room. They'd vacated maybe 12 hours earlier and all I will tell you, for the next 11 days, the Drakon war cloud that still hung to me vicariously by moving in there was, was just immense. And I, um, I lived a, a tiny bit of his life. He is a gentleman that takes care of himself in, in wonderful ways, and we should all be so blessed to, I mean, God. Look at me. I'm in no I'm in no I'm in no position to start commenting on Cristiano Ronaldo, Dan Patrick. Uh great to talk to you as always, Roger. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having us on. Thank you, America. And have a, have a great 4th of July. Oh, mate, this is the book for it. I never take a single day in America for granted, Dan. Thank you. That's uh, Courage. Roger Bennett, reborn in the USA, an Englishman's love letter to his chosen home. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app, at FSR, or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's me, three-time Pro Bowler LeVar Arrington, and I couldn't be more excited to announce a new podcast called Up On Game. What is Up On Game, you ask? Along with my fellow Pro Bowler, TJ Hushmanzada, and Super Bowl champion, yep, that's right, Plexico Burris. You can only name a show with that type of talent on it, Up On Game. We're going to be sharing our real-life experiences loaded with teachable moments. Listen to Up On Game with me, LeVar Arrington, TJ Hushmanzada, and Plexico Burris on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. All right, everybody, game off. 
Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You can trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces like there was the hat. There was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what, too, is funny about a battleship. It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. Wow, you know I haven't thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, or you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you can also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachenko Machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports. Like, a lot. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my live sports and docs in one app. Like Giannis, The Marvelous Journey, and the National Women's Soccer League, both included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report sports add-on. Or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. All in one app with one password. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. It is getting that time of the year. It's Miller time. You don't need a watch or a clock to tell you. It's Miller time. Weather gets a little bit warmer. All of a sudden, the beer gets a little colder. It's beer cracking season. It, it Whoa, okay. I don't know if it says that on the calendar. It's a beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters the most. It's a light beer that tastes like beer. That's why I reach for a Miller Lite. And it's less filling, only 96 calories. They've been doing this since 1975. They have perfected it. You know, that summer afternoon, we're coming into that time of the year, be like, oh, man. Crack one? Yes, or two. Don't look at your watch. Don't look at the clock. Don't look at the calendar. You know. Miller Lite, the great taste, less filling, tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Patrick, or you can pretty much find it anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces, Fewer calories, fewer carbs than premium regular beer. Miller Lite. Dominic Wilkins, he is the uh, Hall of Famer, Hawks Vice President of Basketball Operations, Special Advisor to the Atlanta Hawks and a Hawks analyst. He was courtside there, had his Trey Young jersey on last night. Nick, how you doing today? I'm doing good. How you doing? I'm doing okay. Uh, so you had a courtside seat with uh, Giannis going down. What did you think when uh, when you saw that? Well, even before he went down, the Hawks was playing great basketball, and uh, I thought that the group was on the floor had Milwaukee all out of sync, where they couldn't really, you know, shake the Hawks, and uh, we just played very well. Well, and I agree that even if the Greek freak did not get injured, I thought the Hawks felt like like it meant more. There was a sense of urgency for them. It almost felt like the Bucks showed up and realized Trey Young wasn't playing, and it, it didn't really click that, you know what, you've got to win these games. Did you, did you get a sense that the Hawks understood, hey, we have to be, you know, we pick up our intensity even more because we don't have Trey Young? Well, yeah. You know, and they knew that this was – 
really the pivotal game for them now because, you know, you lose this game going back to Milwaukee, you're down 3-1. And so, you know, I thought that the Hawks came together as a unit. They had, man, this team has a lot of grit, you know, and I think that's the difference, man. They, there's no quit. There's, they always have the fight in them. And so um, they just came together as a unit, and that's how they won this game. I mean, it was a well-balanced game for the Hawks. You expect Trey Young back for game five? Well, I think right now you're kind of playing with house money a little bit, too. Even though, you know, the Milwaukee has the home court back, the Hawks are playing with a lot of emotion. They're playing with a lot of confidence right now. And so they've shown that, that you know, Trey has help from his teammates that can get the job done. Now, do they want Trey back? Of course they do. Um, but, again, they're showing the ability to, to, to win when you're – when your superstar goes down. But do you expect him to play? I always expect Trey to play. <laughs> I, I really do. I mean, the guy loves to play the game of basketball. So, yeah, I, I look for him to be back. How would he have done playing when you played? Well, you know, it's, you know, it's two different areas. You know, he'd have been he'd have been a great player. There's no question. I tell you what, I love to play with him. I mean, I probably got the easiest 35, 40 points of my career if I played with him the way he passes the ball. Um, you know, he's just one of those players that come around every once in a while that has that it factor. I mean, man, he he's got it. Do you ever hit your head on the rim during a game? Many times. <laughs> Many times. <laughs> Many times. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, I played the game with reckless abandon. I played it, you know, above the rim, you know, especially early in my career. Um, you know, there's a lot of guys back in the era who played that way, you know. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to guess uh, Dr. J probably hit his head on the rim a few times. Oh, yeah. I've seen him. You know, do I had I saw him do it in, in the uh, slam dunk contest where he, he hit his head on the in the in the backboard coming down. You know, so yeah. <laughs> but do you believe that somebody could actually, if I put a quarter on the top of a backboard, Nick? Do you think that there's somebody who's played who could have jumped to the top of the backboard and brought a quarter down? Well, I don't know. You know, you know, we heard that over time, but yeah, there has been. A few guys who can go to the top of the backboard. Now it takes a lot of time to go up there and grab something and put something else up there. But <laughs> there, 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 there have been guys who went to the top, no question. Well, like uh, David Thompson to me was one of the 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 great leapers that I ever saw. But you had you know these uh, playground legends who uh, you know people always bring up. Could you get a to the top of, of the backboard? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, I, you know, I've been to the uh, above the square, you know, many times, and you know, you, you used to play around with it when you're young and see who could jump the highest. And I've always had great leaping ability, you know. And one of the, you know, the the, the longest uh, uh, jumping, or I should say, vertical leaps in the history of the game. So I, you know, I've been up there with, you know. Some of the best of them, but you know, you talk about David Thompson, you talk about Earl Manigault, yeah. you talk about it's so many guys that man, I mean, David Thompson was incredible. I mean, I saw him put the ball, uh, just cuff it in his arm and punch it through the basket in practice. <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, when I was in high school, I went to watch one in practice because you couldn't dunk in the games back then in college, and um, man, he was something else. Talking to Dominic Wilkins, the uh, Hall of Famer, Hawks Vice President of Basketball Operations. The the load management now, though, Neek, and minutes played and the injuries, is there, it, is there a, a reasoning behind all of this? I thought with load management, it, limiting the minutes, that that would reduce the injuries. Well, if, back when we were playing, you know, if you, if you didn't play, uh, especially, you know, in big games, you know, you kind of lose something. You know, you don't have that same rhythm. You know, you don't have that same chemistry because, you know, you, you know you're trying to get yourself back in court shape. You're trying to get that rhythm back. And when you set out games, you know, for me, I felt like I lost something. But, you know, it's a different time now. You know, it's different reasoning for, you know, what they do. And, you know, and some a lot of times it works and sometimes it doesn't. Yeah, I just wonder that, you know, they're going to be talking about let's just – 
how about the regular season 68 games, let's say. But it feels like they're going to load manage even at 68 games. And so does it matter really what the number is if they reduce the regular season games in the NBA? Well, well I, I'm like this. This is what we signed up for. And, and young players coming up through junior high school, high school, and college, we signed up for this. You know, and I think, you know, when you continue to – um, change the game. I think you lose a little something, and so you know we we signed up to 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 play a game that we love, and you know you deal with the consequences. You know you know you, you get injured or you get hurt. I mean, that's a part of it. It just happens. That's in any sport. Yeah, it just feels like that you can get into another contract. You know that that it's about extending your career, which I understand that. But these owners are probably saying, "Hey, look, we got to get paid here too." You want to reduce the regular season schedule. How about we reduce some of the pay that we give you? I don't think any players are going to sign up for that, Neek. Well, you're caught between a rock and a hard place. You know, you know, if you give up something, you got to give something. Yeah. You know? So, um, I don't, I don't see it going to 68 games. I think it's crazy, really, to be honest with you, because you're talking about taking a big chunk of games away. You know, I don't know. It, it, you know, again. I would have played eight, many, many seasons. I played 82 games. So I never thought twice about it. If uh, the Hawks advance, do you think Atlanta would want the Suns or the Clippers? I don't think it really matters. I don't think it really matters because the way we're playing and the confidence we're playing with and the chemistry we have right now, it doesn't matter who you play. The thing is just getting there. And once you get there, anything can happen. Uh, great to talk to you, Neek, and uh, good luck with Game 5 coming up tomorrow night. We appreciate your time, as always. Thank you, man. That's appreciate it. it. Dominique Wilkins, Hall of Famer, Hawks Vice President of Basketball Operations. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.